Hey, good morning, All Shores. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. If you're in the room, if you're able to, I want to invite you to stand. And just as we enter into this first Sunday of Lent, I'm reminded that Lent is a season where we're invited as we look toward Easter to just strip away the things that distract us, that pull us away from the Lord, to let go of those things. And for some of us, that's choosing to fast, either food or social media or maybe something else, candy or whatnot. But I think for all of us, it's an opportunity to press closer into the Lord. And I want to challenge you, that starts here today. So what we do here, whether it's through the worship, whether it's through the message, I just want to challenge you, be engaged with the Lord today. Invite him into your heart and just recognize that God loves you, but he wants to meet you here in this place. Does that sound good? I'm going to pray for us and then we can get started. God, we invite your spirit to do as you want to in this place, Lord. We know that you're here. We know that you're present with us. But God, we strip away the things that might be distracting. God, the things that we carry in with us, and we just invite your spirit to come and have your way. Holy Spirit, move as you see fit. Help us, God, to remain engaged with you in everything we do today. By the power and the awesome name of Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's worship together, church.
Give him a praise today. Thank you, Jesus. We worship your holy name. You are my 
take a second and just look at God's face at the awe and majesty right we're invited to the throne room we're invited to come worship with him in Revelation 5 verse 11 it says then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under earth, the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. We are invited into this worship. So take a second, leave the things that you came in with at the door, focus on him, kneel at his throne. 
God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. God is good, amen. 
His presence is here. And even as Devin said, our, our hope and our purpose today is that we would just spend time focusing on Jesus. And we're going to do that by praying here in just a moment. And I want to encourage you if you're here today and you've got maybe a heaviness or something that you're facing, maybe it's a relationship issue or just coming in today and there's that burden, as again, Devin mentioned, I, I just want to encourage you to take a seat and we would love the privilege of praying with you and for you. If, if you do take a seat, you may feel some hands coming and just placing themselves on you. And that's just our way of praying with you and for you and Again, as we do that, just know that you are loved and want to be encouraged today. Let's let's pray. Oh God, it is so good to be in your house today. Lord, you you are holy and 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 we are on holy ground. And God, as we sing that last song, it's just it's just so impressive to feel your presence. And God, just to know that you're here. We're so we're so thankful for that. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are seated this morning that God, you would just touch them today. Whatever their need is, we know that you provide in so many different ways. And so whatever that burden is, whatever that heaviness that they're carrying today, God, would you release it? And as only you can do, bring your presence into those situations. And God, just answer prayer. Lord, we think specifically as we head into Lent, and we've just begun that as of Ash Wednesday, just a few days ago, this is our first Sunday of Lent. And we know that this is an opportunity, a time that people are more open to the gospel and just willing to talk and discuss as Easter comes. And so God, our prayer today specifically is around what we call our Francis list that we've been talking about around our friends. Lord, all of us have individuals around us that don't know you. Maybe they're distant from you. Maybe they're ambivalent. Maybe, maybe they've had a bad uh, experience with church or with religion in some way, shape or form. And Lord, we have the opportunity to grab a hold of those friends around us and to pray for and to, to instill your love in. And so, God, I pray for a sense of boldness as we enter into this season. And again, we specifically pray for those friends around us. And God, even as I pray this morning, I pray that we would have faces come to mind of people that we can continue to come to and to talk to. You call us, you challenge us to go and make disciples and so, God, give us that burden as we walk through this season in the coming weeks. Lord, we specifically pray as we do each week globally for the Vierinks, as we know that they're in Colombia serving there with youth with a mission. God, we also think of the Steinharts as they will head out this week and head back to Europe. And Lord, we pray for both of them, that you would just anoint their work, that you would bless them, that they would just see their work multiply in significant ways. And God, for that, we'll give you the praise and the honor that you're due. And then this morning as we enter into our message time, we pray specifically for, for Thad as he brings this new series to us. Again, God, it may, may it be anointed. May we be open. May, be we, may we be willing and available for you to work in and through us this morning. And we pray all of this in God's precious name and all of God's people said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Just a warm, warm welcome to All Shores. If you're joining us online, we want to say just a special welcome to you. If you're a guest with us today, we're so grateful we're, that you're here. We know sometimes to come into a new situation, it can be daunting, right? And so this may all be new to you. We trust that the Lord has met you already, that you're sensing and experiencing a, a great time uh, this morning, and you know that God is here. If you are a guest with us, 
We would love just to take a moment for you to fill out our connection card and know that you're here. So you'll find that actually in the chair back in front of you. It's a card that basically you fill out. If you will take that to our connection point, I personally would love to take a moment and meet you. Uh, So I'll be back there after the service. We have a little gift we'd love to give to you. And I'd love to put just a face to a name and just welcome you here to All Shores. So we'd appreciate that. And then finally, we just want to remind you this is the time in our service when we give back to God. Really, uh, the offering is an act of worship. And we pray that you experience that on a regular basis. You know, Scripture tells us that we're to test the Lord in these moments. And so if you haven't experienced what it means to be a tither or to give on a regular basis, God says, try it out and see what I'll do in your life. And so we just encourage you to be involved in that. If you came today prepared to give physically, there are boxes at uh, both exits on the wall there that you can place your offering, or you can certainly do that online digitally, and we would be grateful for that. We'll take a look at the screens for what's coming up next. We have a great rest of the service. Hey, Riley, sorry, I didn't see you there. What are you doing? What am I doing? Well, I'm practicing my go-kart skills for our next warehouse all-nighter. Have you heard anything about the event? No. No? Well, let me tell you. On March 1st and 2nd, Warehouse Middle and High School is going to be hosting an amazing all-nighter event. We'll start here at the church at 7 o'clock p.m. and gather together for fellowship, worship, a devotional, and some big group games to get the night going. Then at 10 o'clock p.m., we're going to load up on a bus and we're going to head over to Craig's Cruisers in Grand Rapids for their youth all-nighter wristband event. You will have access to all-night go-karts, laser tag, arcade games, a buffet, and more for the duration of the night that we're there and you get to enjoy it with other kids from other youth groups around. Then we'll load back up on the bus at the end of the event and come back on the morning of Saturday, March 2nd for a pancake breakfast and we'll be done by 7 a.m. to get you home and ready to go sleep. Does that sound like an awesome event to you? Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, if you want to sign up, know that we only have 40 spots available for middle and high school students in order to fit on the bus. So if you use this link here at this QR code, you can sign your student up today. If you don't have a student involved in youth group, or you do, but you'd like to help out, know that we have a new sponsorship program where we are offering people the opportunity to donate $20 to help make this event more affordable for students in case it may be a little out of their price range. If you follow this QR code here, this will allow you to go to the link to our youth sponsorship donation that goes into our scholarship fund and you can help students out there. We hope to see you there and if you have any more questions please reach out to me or Pastor Lindsay. Now if you don't mind I got to get back to practicing my go-kart skills.
Well, good morning again, those of you joining us here in Spring Lake. I want to welcome those who are joining us online today. And as you've already heard, we are beginning our new series, uh, Leading Us Up to Easter, Cultivating Kingdom Character. And we're going to be looking through some different parables over the next several weeks uh, that teach us about the character that God is after. And uh, today we're going to wind up in Matthew chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there or get ready for that. We will have the verses on the screen. And, uh, but before we get there, we just want to pause and pray because God has something for each of us today. We believe the Holy Spirit is here. And so there might be something that he has just for you. It might be a word, a phrase, a thought that comes to your mind. And uh, we just want that to be able to, to stick and that we leave here with what he has for us. So why don't we pause a moment of silence and then I'll pray. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. God, we thank you that we can pause in this time today. To, uh, to focus on you and to hear from your word, which is eternal and that changes us. It is the truth. And so, Lord, I pray that, that the written word today would reveal your living word, that it wouldn't be about information or persuasion. It would be about revelation. And God, if there's anything that's of me today, I pray that it would fall to ground and be forgotten. But whatever you have for us, Lord, oh, that it would just challenge us, convict us, change us that we might be more like your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, Lent, for those of you who, who may not know, is that season leading up to Easter. It is part of the Christian calendar. Advent leads up to Christmas time. And so it's a season when we look inward and we reflect on the passion of Christ and why he came and what he did. And oftentimes, a confession is a part of that movement. And if you were here uh, Wednesday night for Ash Wednesday service or watched it online, you know that we prayed a prayer of confession together to kind of begin this season. And so with that in mind, I was uh, preparing for the message today and, and, and looking inward, if you will. And uh, there's some things that I feel like I need to confess today to just kind of get out there. That over the last week, I have broken the law and endangered the lives of others. I, uh, I've robbed someone and I've been unfaithful to my wife. And some of you are thinking, what kind of church is this? And some of you, maybe those words or phrases might have even triggered some things for you and create some anxiety of, well, what, what is he talking about? And some of you are probably thinking, what is Thad talking about now? And that would be probably more accurate. <laughs> you see, I was reflecting this week on this, though, because... You know, I wanted to look inward and go, you know what? It's oftentimes easy for me to point the finger at others. But this last week, I broke the law several times. Even on my way to church today, I went five miles over the speed limit. And to be honest with you, I felt convicted about that, thinking what type of damage I could do. What, what does that do? There's a reason there are limits on the road. And I just, I kind of felt that strongly. And I know it might sound silly, but... I was kind of reflecting on where I'm at. And I was reflecting on Tuesday night. Um, I robbed someone, not intentionally. Uh, we have a guys group that meets on Tuesday nights, Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, we've had a waitress that's been helping us for the last probably two to three years. And, 
I, because we are there every week, I build up rewards, and so I got six free wings. And uh, when, when the bill came, I tipped her, but then I realized after I got home that I, I tipped on the discounted right and not the full value of the meal that she had provided. And I felt like I had robbed her of what she had done. And then my wife and I had come to an agreement a while back that we would have no chocolate in the house. (laughs) And I've been unfaithful because that same waitress Tuesday night was selling candy bars for her son or nephew, not sure which, couldn't remember. And there was one caramel milk chocolate left. So I got that and I bought another one too. And they've been sitting at home all week. My wife was uh, out of state for work, and uh, I've been pretty good. And then last night, I ate part of one. It was a caramel one, which you probably guessed. And I know that sounds silly, that we would take these like grandiose ideas of breaking laws and robbing people and being unfaithful And sometimes it's really easy, isn't it, to point your finger at other people and their behavior or to to think that they've done something incredibly wrong without ever reflecting on our own lives and how that very sin is creeping up in us, how that very seed is planted in our own hearts. And we want to talk about that today. And some of you, you're, you're probably aware of this, right? If you're a student, right? If you're a student in school, you know of somebody who got a better grade than you did. And it's probably because they cheated. You might even know how they did it. They used their phone when they weren't supposed to. They wrote something down on their hand. And it just angers you that they would do that. All you did was copy the words on Wikipedia and paste it in your research paper. Like, it's not the same, is it? Maybe you're dating someone. You're a young adult. You're dating someone. You have those relationships, and they lied about who they were with and where they were the other day. And that just brings this anger for you, and you want to tell them off. All you did was embellish who you were on the dating app, and you improved your picture with a filter, right? But it's it's not the same, is it? Maybe your coworker has done some things that are wrong at the company. Maybe they've embellished or uh, embezzled funds. And again, you're talking to other people about it, and you're very angry about what they have done and the behavior they have as you take out the pen that you took from the office to sign the credit card receipt for the lunch you and your spouse are having that you are calling a business expense. Is it the same? It's that seed that is in us that oftentimes we don't see. We don't take the time. uh, Because let's be honest, it's easier to point the finger. It's easy to think that other people have these issues, but you and I uh, don't struggle with the same thing. It could be that you have a political stance or a religious view, and you see people who are online, and they are posting things that just irritate you. They make you angry. And so the way to combat that is you say the opposite, thinking it's not the same. 
and you rile people up and other people rile you up, and, but you're sure, you know, they're lying, but you have God on your side. And are we looking inside to see what is going on? An example of that uh, back and forth, right, is this idea of trolling. Some of you might be familiar. Those of you not on social media, maybe you're not familiar with this idea of trolling. And I'm not talking about the troll from the Billy Goat's Gruff, although that was one of my favorite books growing up as a kid. And it's not the troll, the trolling from the Lord of the Rings, although it's a fantastic movie, not the Hobbit series, but the original. The troll that I'm talking about is this individual right here. You know these individuals. You might be one of these individuals where you see things. It doesn't have to be online, but you see things or you hear things and it just stirs you up and riles you up that you want to get after. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines trolling as this. I love this. To act like a troll. Okay? To antagonize others online by deliberately posting inflammatory, irrelevant, or offensive comments or other disruptive content. To harass, criticize, or antagonize, especially by provocatively disparaging or mocking public statements, posting, or acts. And if you ever want to see examples of this, just go onto any social media page that has comments. And you will find people going back and forth and angry uh, things that people are saying. It could be restaurant reviews. It could be uh, any city-informed page. Some of you are on those on Facebook. It could be auto mechanic reviews, church reviews, even preschool reviews. You see people getting angry and going back and forth. And I think you get the idea. People get so upset and judgmental over statements that other people make, and it's so easy to criticize them with, and ignore our own character. I mean, you might want to criticize a restaurant, but you don't want your kids criticizing your meals the same way, right? And it reminds me, uh, growing up, of, of parents, you know, that would say, you know, do what I say, not what I, not what I do. All of this is a deeply rooted spiritual issue. It isn't something that we just tell ourselves one day, hey, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to get better. I'm not going to judge anymore. I'm not going to be critical anymore. I did have a woman in, a ch- in the church that I pastored on the other side of the state years ago, and it was during Lent, and she came to me and, and told me that she was going to give up being critical for Lent. Some of us give up different things. She was going to give up being critical for Lent. I had so many questions. It was close because there is something that we need of God to change us on the inside. But, but I, had, I had one question I had was, are you, are you going to start that back up after Lent's over? Like, what's the, what's the plan here? Um, but it takes something more than just telling ourselves we're going to get better. It takes, it's, it's a, an issue with our heart. So we need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus to cultivate in us the character that he wants. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at different parables and different character traits that God reveals to us, that his kingdom looks different than this world. And how do we cultivate that, or how does God cultivate that in us? And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, uh, this morning, and that is a part of the passage or what is called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And the Sermon on the Mount itself 
is that comparison contrast to the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom, and then the ways of God, kingdom of God, and how it looks so different. Jesus starts off in Matthew 5, blessed are the meek, right? Blessed are those who mourn. Those are not things that we value in this culture that we say are good things, but God sees it differently. And then in Matthew 5, he says, you've heard it said, you know, do not commit murder. Oh, we got that. Yeah, we can judge people who murder. That's, that's wrong. Jesus says, but if you've had anger in your, towards someone else, you've already committed murder in your heart. Again, God's kingdom looks a little bit different. He, he looks inward. He says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Got that? But if you've looked lustfully after another, you've committed it in your heart. Again, this is a heart issue that it's so easy to point the finger and say somebody else is doing something wrong and their behavior is wrong without looking inward and seeing that seed that is in each and every one of us. And so Jesus says in Matthew 7, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. To judge is to form an opinion based on your evaluation, your measurement. And none of us want to be judged in the same way. None of us want God using the same measurement we use towards others to measure our own hearts, right? So Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? It's a pretty good picture. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? How are you able to see even the speck in your brother's eye when you have this beam in your own? Worse yet, how can you think that you're going to help them when they see the same issue in you. And isn't that? The world is looking on and they're looking to find Christ. And every time someone is critical of them, they can point the finger back and go, well, aren't you living the same way? Isn't your heart the same? Don't you have the same issue? And so Jesus gets a little tougher here. He says, you hypocrite, you mask-wearing pretender, someone who's insincere, puffing themselves up while putting others down. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. First, let's look first at your own eye. In order to help others who might have issues or they're struggling with their behaviors, we must first look inside. We can point the finger. We can look at the world and how it's going. And let's be honest, it don't feel good. But we're not going to change the world by going around and pointing our finger at others and hoping that it's going to change. Jesus, I think, is asking us to look inside. See, my world this last year looked a little bit worse around me, too. And that is a literal thing. The, the words on the road got a little more blurry. I had to increase the font on my computer and on my phone. And I realized that I was getting a little bit older. And so I went to the eye doctor and I said, what is wrong with the world? It's getting fuzzier. You know what she did? She looked inside. She looked inside and saw that there was things that were getting a little bit older 
in here and needed to be adjusted and changed. And so they gave me new lenses. And now I can see better. And half of you look pretty good. (laughs) But I can see clearly because I had to look inside. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here. That if you have issues with other people and they don't match up to your expectations, you think they make poor decisions and don't act like they should. You've noticed their flaws and failures and you would like to point them out. First, start by looking inward and take a look at what others may see in you. Take a look at what God is seeing in you. To see others clearly, you must look inside yourself. I think this is what Jesus is getting at. And this can be a challenge for us. It isn't done, like I said, in a hurried way. You can't download an app that's going to fix this for you. Unfortunately, you can't just get new lenses and everything is better. It takes time. Because God is cultivating that heart in you. It takes time to sit and reflect, to pause and review. We talk about this all the time, this word abiding, where it's time with the Lord. Scripture, prayer, Silence, worship. But it's not so much necessarily talking to the Lord or getting something out of those moments uh, with, with what you're reading in Scripture, but hearing from Him. What is God saying in Scripture? We spent the last month talking about how we hear from God in those times, in those seasons. If you haven't built a routine for sitting with the Lord and hearing from Him, this would be a great time from here until Easter, to set aside some time, say, what, God, how would you have me spend that time with you so that I might discover a little bit more about what's going on inside here? Because oftentimes, if, if I were to ask you, what sin do you struggle with the most? What is your greatest temptation? Where do you fail most of the time? You'd probably be able to tell me, but there are still things in here that you may not recognize that God wants to transform. God wants to bring about change. There's a story of King David in the Old Testament who sat on a throne of judgment, right? And so one day he was judging, he was overseeing all of Israel, and Nathan, a prophet, came to him and told him a story about something that had happened in the kingdom. There was a rich man who had everything that he wanted, and uh, there was a poor man who only had one sheep and was really close to that sheep. It was all he had. And the rich man had a friend who was coming into town, and so instead of using one of his own, he took what belonged to the poor man. He slaughtered the sheep and used it to feed he and his friends. And the scriptures tell us that David burned with anger. He sat in a seat of judgment. He burned with anger, and he said, that man must die. And that's when, through the prophet Nathan, God revealed to David, you are the man. You see, David was king. He had everything he wanted, but he looked out and saw his neighbor's wife. And he lusted after her and took her to be his own and then had that man killed. He had completely ignored his own sin that was going on inside. He thought it was bad enough to take a sheep. And here he was, the king of a nation, and missed what God wanted him to see in his own heart. 
David repented. David sought God. He sought God's forgiveness. And we have the story in the scriptures to remind us of that. But David also penned different songs, psalms for us. And in Psalm 139, he wrote this. Search me, God, and know my heart. David learned something from that. Search me, God, and know my heart. He needed God to reveal in him those things that he was struggling with, that he needed changed. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Wow, what a powerful prayer for David. What a powerful prayer for us to say in this season, God, what would you do in this season if you could search my heart? What would you reveal to me? What would you point out to me that is that seed within my own heart? Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of a Jesuit order of the Catholic Church back in the 1500s. And this was the time when Martin Luther, if you're familiar with church history, Luther uh, was a part of the Protestant Reformation. And today we're Protestant, we're not Catholic. But there was changes going on within the Catholic Church. And Ignatius of Loyola stayed within the Catholic Church, but still believed and still understood that there needed to be some radical changes. But he went about it a little bit differently. Ignatius uh, began this process of spiritual exercises Uh, of confession and seeking God and starting in here. He created an order which we call the Jesuits. It is an order of the Roman Catholic Church. And if you know much about the history of this, again, there was through these spiritual exercises and retreats, the people began to discover more of what was going on in their heart and not just the activity and the behavior that was happening on the outside. And confession was a, is a major part of these spiritual exercises to begin with this. And if you ever get a list of some of the confessions uh, that you're to walk through each day, it would take you hours to just pause and reflect of confessing all that you did and all that you did not do every day, not loving God as you should, and the times that you didn't love God that you should, not loving your neighbor as you should, not feeding the poor, or clothing the hungry, confession of lust and envy and desire and pride and seeking personal benefit over someone else. And these are things that happen each and every day in some of our lives. And so through this process, people would begin to have their character transformed to be more like Christ. Interestingly, Ignatius is noted as being kind of the the father of the Spanish Reformation of the church. Priests began to change, and leaders began to change, and churches began to change, and communities began to change. And today, Pope Francis, who is the first and only leader of the Roman Catholic Church, is a Jesuit priest, the first one. So that influence is still going out today through the church. This reformation that doesn't begin by looking at the acts on the outside, but starting with what's happening in here. And I think that's what Jesus is trying us, trying to get us to look towards. Not to see what others are doing, but to look inside. What would happen if we began to remove 
in this season of Lent, those, those things that have that magnetic pull to pull us away from God, to pull us away from our spiritual formation. For some of you, it could be setting aside food, fasting food, or a time during the day to set aside. It could be television, could be your phone, those things that are competing against God for his voice. For me, it's putting aside some things on my phone. I'm I can be on my phone a lot. Just ask my wife. And uh, for me, I have a couple of apps. Some of them are games. I have this golf game that I love. And I'm in this club where I golf together with others. And uh, just this morning, I texted all of them and said, guys, I'm, I'm out. Just for Lent, I'm out. Because I need to take that time to focus more on what God's doing in my life. For you, it might be, again, setting aside a meal, setting aside that television show that you normally watch, a time of day, getting up a little bit early to spend time with the Lord, removing those things in your life that are a pull away from God's spiritual formation. And then what would happen if we took that time and began to reflect, to, again, get into Scripture, to listen to God, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you seek inward for those areas of character that God wants to change. And I know that's been a struggle for me because when I spend that time abiding, oftentimes I'm a doer. So, you know, I do my worship and I read my scripture and I have my prayers, but it's hard for me sometimes to just pause that silence. And so I try to set my watch and I do three minutes before and three minutes at the end to just prepare myself and then to listen and go, God, was there anything today that you would have for me. And I'll jot down a sentence journal in my uh, calendar for the day that I have. God, what, what is it that you're trying to do in me today? But I listen in that silence. I don't know what that will be for you, how you change things to reflect or to find that time. And then what if we received and sometimes we think that if we're spending time with God, that there is going to be this judgment and conviction, right? That there's, God's going to come down on us because there are those things in our life that need to change. And we don't like that. The truth is, is God doesn't approach us that way. It's with love and with grace. When he sees us, he sees his son, Jesus. He wants to make us more like his son, Jesus. And so he approaches us with forgiveness and grace and fills us with this Holy Spirit that we can have the power to change those things that he wants us to. Remove, reflect, and receive. What is it that God wants you to receive today? I think Jesus is saying to see others clearly, you must look inside yourself. I think that's at least where we begin. And over Lent, we hope that you're going to do that. We do have some resources. Some of you already have a routine and a pattern of spending time abiding. You've got some devotions. But beginning today, uh, we have a 42-day plan leading up to Easter. It is available on our webpage and we uh, and on you version if you use that app for your phone and it's just a way for us to do this together so there's scripture each day and and a focus of prayer devotional and so we would love for you to to join us if you don't have a plan this is a great way for you to start and if this isn't a normal routine for you to say hey look over Lent 
I'm going to remove some things in order to spend some time with the Lord. To see others clearly, we have to look inside. What I'd like us to do to kind of pray and confirm that is for us to, together to pray what David wrote and to pray Psalm 139 together out loud just as a way to say, okay, God, I am surrendering myself during this season and I am asking you, I'm asking you to search me, to know me and to lead me in the right way. So if you will, why don't you pray this together out loud with me? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, that is our prayer today. That we would just simply be open to what you have for us, Lord. And there, I imagine, are those things that we are very much aware of that you want to bring correction, that you want to cultivate in us something new. But Lord, there may be those hidden things that in this season you will reveal to us. But God, we, we can't change our world by hoping others are going to get it. Lord, our world changes, our church changes, our families change when we begin to change. And so I pray that we would take this season and spend time with you that we might know you more and that you might help us to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. And everyone said, amen. We're gonna close out our service as a response to the word uh, by taking communion. When you came in, you should have received a cup. Uh, there are two layers to it. And if you peel the top layer off, there's the bread. The second layer is the juice. And in just a minute, we're going we're gonna to take together. But uh, we want to pause and uh, just allow you in this moment to not only worship, but to just have a conversation with the Lord and say, okay, God, over the next 42 days leading up to end Easter, um, I'm committing to whatever you, you asked of me today, whatever was stirred in you today, Lord, I'm going to take this as a form of commitment and response to the word. And then we're going to receive together the elements that if there was something convicting of you today or something that was challenging to you today, as you receive those elements, you're receiving God's forgiveness. You're receiving God's grace. You're receiving God's love. And that's what he has for you. And so, Confess to him, admit to him where you're struggling, but then we will receive together what he has for each and every one of us. Why don't you stand as we worship together? Out of the depths I cry to you in darkest places I will call Incline your ear to me anew And hear my cry for mercy, Lord Were you to count my sinful ways 
How could I come before your throne? Yeah, full forgiveness meets my gaze. I stand redeemed by grace alone. I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely and I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul satisfies. And take that first layer. Take the bread. Scriptures tell us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples and he took the bread, he gave thanks and he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Jesus went to the cross for us that we might not be condemned. Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to fear coming before him. We don't have to fear him searching our hearts because whatever he finds, he makes new. And it's because of what Jesus did for us. Let us take in remembrance. And then taking the cup, he said, this is the blood of a new covenant. Not just of the Passover, not the blood that was shed by a lamb in Egypt, so that death would pass over, but my blood that is shed for you, that your sins, your failures, your mistakes, God passes over because you have trusted Jesus Christ. Let us take and drink in remembrance. Lord, we pray your blessing over these elements to our bodies, to our spirit, that we may walk as people who have been redeemed and made new. And God, that you would each and every day Search our hearts and cultivate in us that kingdom character you are longing for. In your name, amen. Let's continue worship. His steadfast love has made a way, and God Himself has paid the price that all who trust in Him today.
Well, thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you will join us over the next several weeks as we continue this series. And uh, before you go, I'd love to give a blessing, so why don't you open up your hands. And now may the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, continually fill you with his spirit. Uh, may you experience his grace this week. And may you discover more about your heart and even greater, his heart for you. And may God transform you that others would not see a plank in your eye, but they would see Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.